like to say hello. So, uh, how's it going, Ryan? Uh, it's good. How are you? Good, good. And uh, with me, I have uh, Justin. Hey, hey, everybody. Back again. I got hello, nothing Justin. else. Yes, <laughs> hi. And we have Kai with us, as always. Hello, hello. Oh, you're back from a break. You weren't in Goblin Quest. I know I wasn't. School caught up to me, but I'm back and I'm ready to play. All right, glad to have you back. And uh, we have Brandon. Oh, hi. Hello, I'm Brandon. Hello. I do I do Brandon things. I'm scared to GM for you. What? Because <laughs> you're such a good GM. Well, I appreciate that praise. I mean, I've run your modules. I've done, man, I, we group brand Goblin Quest. Ain't no thing. I'm going to be, you know, a whiskey and a Paloma in. So, uh, loosened up myself. Wait, what's Paloma? Paloma? <laughs> oh, dude, that's two tequila, two grapefruit juice, a little bit of lime, and then soda. So funny story, I know this is gonna just derail a little bit, but I had Hispanics at work tell me not to, or tell me to say, no mas paloma. So I guess they're saying no more tequila. I don't, what was the context? I don't know, they just told me it was one of those things that people of different languages do to mess with you. And I thought they were being like a lot more crueler with the word paloma, but I didn't realize that it's an alcohol. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a or something. Well, it's Palo a, Mas Palomas also means more pigeons in Spanish. Right. <laughs> so I don't know if they're talking about like the bird. If there's some other slang and, involved here. And this was yeah. like 2003, so I don't even know if Paloma the whiskey existed then. It's not no, not a whiskey. It's it's a cocktail of of things. Oh oh okay okay okay. And last but not least, <laughs> we have Mike. With us. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm now googling Paloma. <laughs> the long forgotten Mike. What's going on, bud? Oh, nothing much. Just uh, enjoying the Paloma conversation. It, it, it is invigorating. <laughs> Alright, so we are playing uh, a game called Fate Accelerated. There is a longer version called Fate Core, but um, we opted for the... Uh, version called fate accelerated because it's even more streamlined it's very rules light i enjoy it quite a bit um and this session we are just working on session zero so that's character creation and story setup and all that good stuff so we are um, we're just gonna take it from there um we probably will release a minute mark that you can jump to if you just want to jump to the first session or perhaps uh session one will be next episode not sure but we'll see um so we'll just start by working on our characters and making sure everyone's on the same page for their characters does everyone have a name let's <laughs> start there you have a name right i don't uh, even have a vision for my character yet excellent off to a good start already yeah i got a name i also have a name I go by Justin. <laughs> I thought it was Jables. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> I got uh, Luca, Angry Hands, San Pellegrino. 
I'm loving the sparkling, the sparkling like sodas and water based characters. <laughs> so, so, Lacroix. What was yeah. the what was the new one? San Pellegrino. San Pellegrino. There oh, you go. that's the Italians. You've got to be Perrier right? or something like that in our next our next campaign. Right. <laughs> so are you, are you gonna go as Luca or Angry Hands? I'm not sure. I think it depends on the the who's saying it. Luca is someone something my friends call me, but Angry Hands is is something uh, they they call me on the street. Okay. All right. Uh, we got Quentin as well. Quentin yes. Gold. Quentin uh, Gold Martin. Isn't, he goes by Gold. Uh, you know, as to keep his identity and his true name, the family secret. So you said your 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 family name is secret to us? Uh, well, no. His name is Quentin Gold Martin. Uh, but he would go by Gold uh, during like meetings and things. Uh, and only very few people close to him know his real name. Most people, most people on the streets know Gold. Nice. Would we call you like Q, or do we go with Quentin? Do you, do you? Uh, or is that for like really close friends? That, that, that'd be like for really close friends family. Yeah, more like immediate family. Uh, so how are you? Uh, how are you related to the Martin family? That that was my question. I see your power gaming oh, already. I... Uh, Being related to the to the crime family. I'm 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 a young up and comer. Uh, like I'm just like the cousin's cousin's cousin. Uh, okay. It's like you know far far generation he's not like indirect at all um some more like bastard to, martin yeah yeah wants to get into to the business but uh he's not like next in line or anything like that nice could be like you know that's johnny's brother's cousin's son you know nephew that makes sense. That's a funny bit. <laughs> um, I see we have... Is it Taylor or Talia? Talia. Talia, okay. Yeah, so Talia de Natale. Um, uh, but people on the street would definitely know her as Shorty. She's 5'2 and probably seems a lot shorter than she actually is, despite her always wearing like platform boots everywhere. Um, but yeah, that was like the main idea that I had for my character was just someone that's very short, very strong-willed. That's where I kind of based my character off of, and I just like the name Talia. It's all right. Um, so I also have a name. Okay. Um, uh, James Jones, or or as I'm known in the back streets as Jimmy the Hand. Nice. Okay. James Jones, right? Yeah. Do I just hit the X and then it brings it over into the into the characters area, or do I actually have to type that in the characters area? Um, I think you can edit your edit, edit? the name of the file, right? Oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah. All right, Brandon. Do you have a name? I yeah. do. I'm gonna go with Imogen Bradley. Nice. Okay. Isn't it? There's some 
that's music of some kind, I'm trying to remember what the name is. Is there like a band or an artist named that? I'm googling it right now. Oh, yeah. It's Emery. Justin. Um, maybe some, I don't know. I haven't heard of Emery in forever, but Emery. maybe them. Imogen Heap? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Never Not heard of them. Moving on. Everyone have a description of some kind. This doesn't have to be detailed as well. Like a visual description or character? Yeah, like a, just a... I mean, pretty much anything can go there. You can put personality stuff in there if you want, but I tend to just do like a shorthand. Like for my example character, I was like a big guy with a ponytail. Like, it could be as short and sweet or as, as long as you would like it to. Well, um, Gold is... He stands around like six, uh, six two, um, long black hair uh, that goes to about the back of the neck, uh, wears like a pair of glasses, uh, and is usually has his head in his book uh, that he's been keeping since he was a child about all the information that he's seen and gathered. Um, yeah, he would wear like he wears a lot of coats and like sweaters. He sounds pretty cool. Thank you. <laughs> I guess uh, his, uh, it, I already, I guess, talked about his background a little bit, but uh, he's like part of the family, but not really like, you know, anyone powerful. Um, he's kind of on the outside, but wants to work his way in. Uh, he's a very uh, nerdy individual, um, so he keeps like his eye out, but he's not very social. He asks a lot of questions, which has pissed a lot of people off in the past. Um, but he'll keep asking questions. Uh, but he's very knowledgeable about the family and the city. Uh, he loves like crime movies and things like that. And that's kind of his, his thing. Um, and he looks up to all these people. But yeah, that's that's Quinn Goldmark. I love it. Sounds Sounds so cool. So it sounded. Who was the bookish one? Uh, that'd be Quentin, yeah. Quentin. Um, does. Uh, Justin, Luca, do you have a physical. Um, okay, so when it comes to uh, Luca, the angry hand, San Pellegrino, go. Um, he's a larger man. He just, he's built like he's a bigger human. You know, it's like his bone structure even seems bigger. He's just a bigger human. He may not stand like a monster. He's like 6'4". Uh, he's a 40-year-old guy, and he's slightly balding, and you can always find him with a uh, Macanudo brand cigar in his mouth. Um, yeah, he, he has a good, uh, what's it called vibe to him so others look at him and typically like him for the most part macanudo huh because like macaroni flavored cigars are those real yeah it's uh what tony <laughs> soprano smokes or something oh okay all right that makes sense it's very on theme. i've never seen an ep episode of that i was just looking up what cigars everyone smoked and i was like that's a name i can say <laughs> 
Um, all right, so let's see. Talia, do you have a yeah. description? Yeah, as I mentioned before, she's definitely like a very short person, five two, five. Maybe she says she's five two. She's definitely probably closer to five foot. Um, she has like very big, frizzy, curly hair that kind of gets in the way of things. Definitely like can't see very well because her hair's always in her face. But she is like incredibly buff. Um, as like a like a kid that definitely like grew up very privileged, but kind of wanted to be on the streets with like the kids that didn't have as much money. So she kind of like works her way. She fits into small places very well. But she's also not very sneaky in the sense that, like, she's very hard not to notice. I guess if that makes sense.、Mm. Um, and she smells like clove cigarettes because her parents won't、uh, let her <laughs> smoke real cigarettes. But she's rebelling by smoking cloves.、Um, so that will definitely follow her around. Okay. All right. So she can be heard with those crackling cigarettes coming down the alleyway. <laughs> Oh, that. Also,、yeah. she has like she she's like kind of into like the '90s grunge style, as well. So she has like a black chain that she uses as a belt, which doesn't help her being sneaky at all.、Um, and she can constantly be found on like her 1993 like IBM Simon cell phone <laughs>、um, yes. that her parents gave her for her her recent birthday, and she's obsessed with it. Even though none of her friends have a cell phone, so she kind of just uses it. By herself and plays like what snake on it? Yeah, snake. <laughs> okay, I'm glad. I'm glad you mentioned that because we haven't gone into the setting at all. But yeah, it will be 1993. Don't ask me why I settled on three versus four or two. But、um, yeah, so it's it's 1993. So that's a good thing to know for the character information as well.、Um, Did you know there's an actual 1993 Brooklyn robbery that happened, like a really big one, really big enough to be like reported?、Um, <laughs> <laughs> Is that like the build up to the town? Yes, it's totally our story. <laughs> I was looking into the、uh, North Hollywood shootout, which is like 1997, I want to say. Um, but anyway, let's see. Oh, I'm looking、uh, it up. Did we get a description? We got a description from Quentin, right? Yes. Glasses, cool clothes, cool sweaters.、Um, how about Imogen? All right. I、Imogen. think I am. I am building a mental image, but I haven't. I usually like start around capacities, and then I kind of build like the mental image based on kind of the tropes. So. Hmm. I'm building out this because I think I know what I want to do.、Um, We can come back. No, I want to. I want to struggle through this. So, <laughs>、um, I just, I just built out some art for it.、Uh, so Imogen, she is a kind of mid thirties woman,、uh, definitely rocking like still a little bit of the because it's like we're so close to the eighties and the early nineties. We're kind of like this too. Definitely rocking like the suit with like the shoulder pads and all that kind of stuff, right?、Uh, ruffles and shoulder pads,、um, and kind of tall. Definitely taller than I am personally, right? So she's probably like not quite six foot, but like like five ten, right?、Um, a little imposing, and、uh, you know carries like a big ass purse and absolutely like I don't know 
always packing that kind of thing but definitely it looks intimidating all the time awesome yeah i love the art here but yeah it looks like very intense eyes i mean art breeder is just gonna do that have y'all ever used art breeder before no art breeder i have but they normally look like kind of creepy because they're <laughs> ais and they don't look like fully normal so it kind of puts me off yeah yeah there's definitely like a, a finesse to making art breeder stuff not look crazy as fuck yeah all right james jones you have a description yet i do i've got uh five, five ten fit dark hair mid-20s always in dark well-fitted suits like a lawyer would wear hmm he sounds like he's in the mob that's a good starting point <laughs> he's probably gonna look a lot like the boss oh, let's see um okay so refresh and current fate points those should both be at three now i don't know if you want to use like coins or pebbles or cheerios or something to make sure that you have a token um or you can just do like tallies on your scrap paper whatever you want to do for your fate points but it is important to like keep track of those and make sure you're not just having like infinite fate points the you difference should, is you should right. use playing cards and just use the the regular 54 deck of playing cards and just mm -hmm. you give that to us as fate points that way it's tracked on the table okay that's that's an interesting idea this is my first time on roll 20 that's really cool that that it can do that i use playing cards a whole lot in uh my cypher system games when i played on roll 20. my only promise i had to unplug my mouse oh i was <laughs> maybe next next session B. <laughs> um your refresh should also be three um, that is basically, it, that just tells you how many fate points you begin the session with. Um, so you're probably not going to have to deal with that more than a few times. Um, and we're most definitely not leveling up, so, um, there's ways you can, like, adjust that number, but, but it doesn't matter for this session. And then before we get into aspects, uh, we could go ahead and do approaches. I don't know. Does does everyone have their approaches assigned yet? Not at all. What are approaches? Okay. Tell me about them. All right. Uh, so yeah, approaches are basically they stand in for like uh, attributes and skills. If you're familiar with like D and D or D twenty systems, um, it this basically rolls it all into one. So uh, that is going to be what you're. Uh, getting a modifier from so like when you take an action you choose how you approach it so for example um i'm gonna steal the example from a youtube video i saw where he's talking about how you can cleverly hack a computer so it's okay. like you go to hack a computer and the outcome is uncertain so like in every rpg you really shouldn't roll unless the outcome is uncertain so it's like you're gonna try to hack a computer you look at your approaches, which are careful, clever, flashy, forceful, quick, and sneaky, and you decide which approach you want to take. Um, 
So usually the best choice for something like hacking a computer would be clever. So you just, you roll that and add the modifier for clever. And um, that's that will give you your result. This system's a little weird in the in the fact that it uses are they're called fudge dice. They have a plus, a minus, and a zero on mm-hmm. um, all the faces of the dice. So all your rolls are going to be really low because the plus is one, the minus is minus one, and the zero is zero. So so and you're rolling four at a time. So okay. the best you can do on the dice is four, and then you have plus three, plus two, and so on. So you're still going to have very low numbers there. Almost always less than ten, usually less than five. Okay. And it can also go negative as well. So then, wait, tell me about the fudge dice. It's a six-sided dice or like a 12-sided die? Okay, so they're six-sided, but really it's a D3. Plus zero and minus are the only variables there. And there are even numbers of each on each side? Yes, that's right. So it's two plus signs, two minus signs, and two zero sides. Or they're blank on the real physical dice. Awesome. So then we, we're go- what we're going to do is we're going to roll a pool of these fudge dice and add up our total. Yes. And that will meet or beat some DC? Yeah, there's a DC that I set. Um, most, of, most of the time it's going to be um, two, which is a very low number, but trust me. It could be hard to hit a two. Oh, I believe uh, there's it. A, there's a thing called the ladder. It, it can go all the way up to eight if I feel like you just you want to do something impossible. Um, the other so, thing is... So what sorry, is that? You said it goes from zero to eight, basically? It goes from negative two to eight. Negative two to eight. So got it. So something that really ought to be super simple. But because you're fucking hammered, I'm going to make you roll for it this time. It, exactly, exactly. That's great. There's there's set target numbers as well. Like there's easy task, moderate task, extremely difficult, impossible, and so that's zero, two, and four respectively. Uh, impossible is like anything that is more than four, I believe, which is usually oh, yeah. very hard to hit. And then there's a lot of times you'll also stack a plus two on top of that. Okay. So like, I'm pretty sure the very best you can do is four on the fudge dice three on your modifier and two on your certain circumstances you can get a plus two okay going back to our approaches how many points do i have to distribute so um you have one to set at plus three two to set at plus two two to set at plus one and one to set at zero so what I think we should do is have everyone tell me what your plus three is and what your plus or what your zero is. So like your best and your worst. And that was one at zero and one at three. And then one. how many at two and how many at one? Two at two, two and two at one. Ooh. Uh, so with uh, Quinton Gold's background, uh, and his knowledge about the families and kind of the city and his, his keen eye, 
I have three uh, for his clever. Um, for two, I put careful and sneaky because he, knowing and has watched a lot of like crime shows, movies, and media, uh, he knows that what he must do is to be careful and sneaky. Uh, next, I put uh, forceful and quick as his ones. Um, and I put flashy for his zero because he's not very charismatic or flashy. Um, and that, that is not like a trait he has. Uh, so that are my approaches. For Imogen, I went with flashy three and quick zero. She is absolutely all about the display of power or authority and anything worth doing is worth taking your time on. Uh, for my twos, I don't know if you wanted us to actually go through the twos or not. Uh, I, cool. I put two for sneaky. She's not necessarily one who would be like stealthy or going around, but rather if we use sneaky in other contexts where it's like, yeah, I, I'm imagining that we can use these approaches in non-direct ways. Uh, sometimes so that might be really interesting so sneaking clever too and careful and forceful are the ones all right perfect um let's see luca okay well looking at um luca he's very patient he's very careful it's very planned and methodical so he's not uh so I've got three and careful. He's very clever, so I put that as a two, and he's sneaky, which is also a two. All right, all right. Uh, Talia. Yeah. So as a like a young kid, twenty, but still young, um, that definitely like tries to get away from her parents as much as possible. I put careful as a three in the sense that she's like very crafty with, like tools and things like that so she's very careful with the way she uses them as well as very careful in the way that she like interacts with other people um so that's a three um and then i put clever and quick as two in the sense of how to get out of situations um because she's not the most like she's a very noticeable person i would say so just finding ways to get out of situations she has two on those she not very flashy person, but she is like a, a she is a young adult in the nineties, so she does have a little bit of flashy with her. Um, not very sneaky, but some of her friends have been like trying to teach her some of those things. So I have one for flashy and sneaky, and forceful as a zero, because that's just not the type of person that she is at all. All right, that makes sense. And uh, last but uh, not least, we have James. Oh, but the least. All right. <laughs> sorry, the mic. Sorry, my mic's terrible. I'll try to get that fixed before next week. Um, Still sweat, dude. So I'm going for a decent thief, good liar type of uh, role. So my clever is my three, and my forceful is zero. Um, quick and sneaky, I have is have for twos, and careful, I have as one because I mean trying to go for the good liar type of thing so being careful is not really the biggest focal point of what I'm trying to go for and flashy is the other one 
need to bring attention to yourself when you on on your terms. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so does everyone have uh, their aspects kind of ready or like you know ready enough? I believe so. So I I figure we we could go around kind of shotgun blast all three of them quickly. Tell sure. us about aspects real yeah, quick. Tell, <laughs> I was gonna oh say, yeah. <laughs> you tell me. I don't know how to place it. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so <laughs> when when you start um, uh, during character creation, you're gonna deal mainly with these things called aspects. Um, the cool thing is. Aspects can apply to other things in the game besides just uh, besides just your character. Um, but the, the main three aspects that you have to start with are your high concept, your trouble, and the first of three possible other aspect slots. Um, your high concept kind of just summarizes your character in a sentence. So the example I gave earlier was like Han Solo is a charming pilot smuggler. Like that sums up Han Solo in a sentence. So it's not really that you put like a skill or something like that. It kind of just describes it um, like an aspect. I don't know how else to put it. It's, it's an aspect. And then trouble is going to be something that gets your character in trouble obviously and that's something that i can kind of use that that may be what i use the most um when i'm just yeah these things called invoking which is a different concept we'll get to that later um aspects or the third aspect is going to be just like an extra thing like if you like for the the example i gave earlier of Han Solo being the charming pilot smuggler. Uh, the third aspect is Han Solo sides with the Rebel Alliance. So the book basically says that these extra aspects are best to be a double-edged sword. So it should be something that's like, well, to go with the example of Han Solo siding with the Rebel Alliance, that means it gives him friends and enemies. So the the best aspects in that regard are always kind of good things and bad things. So um, yeah, let's start with Imogen. You want to tell us your three choices for aspects? Yes. So it's basically just three like adjectives I string together, right? Um, it doesn't have to be limited to that. I mean, it's kind of like a sentence, but it, it can also be less than that too. Right. Okay. 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 Like, trouble can be gambling problem. That's only two words. But right. that tells you all you need to know. So going for the high concept aspect is... Um... Oh my gosh, I just had it. And I didn't write it down in my text box. And now my brain's like, well, so powerful... No, intimidating. What do they call in a gang, like someone who goes out and like makes the things happen? Um, like what's soldier. that? What? Soldier? Enforcer? Enforcer. Yeah, I was going to say enforcer. Yeah. Intimidating enforcer. But I feel like I need to add more to that. 
Hmm. And maybe like a defining physical characteristic. Striking. Striking and intimidating enforcer. And then for the trouble aspect, mm -hmm. to uh, engage the setting here, I think I'm going to go with always sides with the mayor. Perfect. Like, That's. Yeah. Don't cause any problems. <laughs> That's great. Uh, <laughs> and did you have a third one? And this would be. Um... Does this need to be a trouble or anything like that? That was my trouble. That was what I was thinking as my trouble one. Yeah, yeah. So sides with the mayor is your trouble, which is your second aspect. Then your third aspect should ideally be a double-edged sword type of thing. Oh, I see. I see. Can't resist a drink. That sounds like a second trouble, but I'll take it. Uh... I'm sorry oh, yeah. that you feel I'm... that way. <laughs> no, that, that's well. Actually, come to think of it, that that's a social thing too. So that can be a good thing, right? Hmm. Maybe I should reword it though. I could. Re I've, I've worded that in like an inherently negative way, so I can re-architect that. Uh, doesn't turn down a drink. Yeah. There you go. It's the same thing, just worded yeah. slightly different. Because the can't resist like implies a weakness, doesn't turn down, it implies like a like a social like reputation. Yeah. I like that. That sounds Thank you. good. Let's go with Jimmy the hand. Let's not let's not call on him last this time. So. Oh, I appreciate that. We didn't leave um, so, so my high, my high concept I have as decent thief, good liar. Okay. Right. Um, my trouble is a compulsive liar. Ooh, that's a just good one. can't help himself. That's a lot just, of trouble. Just can't help himself. Just can't do it. And um, as the third, what do you have that listed as? So additional aspect that is not a skill. Um, cops are not to be trusted. Okay. Nice. Neat little package there. Let's go with Talia. Okay, for my high aspect, uh, kind of think like Basha from Ocean's Eleven. So like a methodical engineer and techno mm. like a technology girl, um, as like the high concept. Her weakness is definitely the fact that she's an arsonist and can't help but like things are on fire, especially when it's like the property of someone that's annoying her. Perfect. Um, <laughs> but uh, and as the third aspect, uh, she's friendly to a fault in the sense that some people may think that it's fake. It may may or may not be fake, but she can't help but have this friendly exterior. Okay. I like that. Alright, um, so let's go Luca. 
All right, so I've got uh, the three aspects. The first one is that he's incredibly connected to the rivals of Martin, the Martins and the Valentine, or uh, the mayor, mayor Valentine. So he's incredibly connected. He knows the enemies of our enemy, essentially. And we're, he's like connected, so they're cool and deal business with and whatnot. Um, his second aspect would be that he has bronchitis. So it makes him speak. A little more winded and so he talks a little more spacey <laughs> and it also makes things a little bit harder for him to move around uh he can get tired out pretty quickly <laughs> so so very physical demanding labor he, he might have to have an inhaler or something i don't know um and then the last one is that he can really read rooms um he can read if someone's up to trouble or it's like a spider sense in a way but just you know kind of a common sense being able to see oh those two guys i know those two guys and they're not they're up to no good kind of uh aspect awesome so the, the bronchitis he just kind of never gets over that no it's like, he's just, like chronic he, yeah exactly and it's just <laughs> it's part of who he is it's he tries General to Grievous. take care of it but yeah exactly just you know think of someone with like emphysema or something yeah <laughs> but it's, it's just bronchitis. It's not like, you know, caused by anything. Or what if it was? It turns out it was, he's he's allergic to something in his house. He didn't realize it. Yes. He's a big he's always fan had, of patchouli some or something. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say black mold. He's unaware. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Excellent. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Quentin. Yes. So, uh, Quentin's first aspect is that he's a nerdy, young, far distant crime family member. So he has some knowledge of the family, um, but he is very young. Uh, he's only uh, 22, um, so they don't really take him seriously. They just let him be. Um, his second aspect is that he asks too many questions uh, that sometimes can piss people off. Um, he doesn't know when to stop because he just wants to know things about the family or about what's going on um, so he's always asking questions and then his third aspect is that he's always in search of answers or clues about neon is that how you say it neon corp yeah neon corp neon neon nice is it neon or is it neon yes those are the ones responsible <laughs> for the cat videos right alright uh <laughs> I'll just say I'll just say Neon Corp. That's it's, neon it's, Corp. It's Neon. Neon. Okay. Yeah. Neon Corp. Uh, so yeah, he's he knows that it uh, rivals uh, Mayor Valentine, um, but also uh, could either be beneficial or harmful towards the Martin family as well. So he wants to know more about them because uh, they, I assume it's they're kind of a, a shipping monopoly, which might be very important. I don't know. All right. Yeah, that's awesome. Super happy to see some setting incorporation here. Uh, let's um, to come back around on aspects in general. Aspects also are so aspects in general are like descriptors, and a lot of people who play Fate a lot call these things tags as well. Um, so basically any like proper noun or noun can have an aspect so your characters all have aspects which we just covered but also rooms can have aspects so like on fire um 
you know, any object can also have an aspect. It can be like weakened, um, fortified, stuff like that. Um, and the reason for that is that is that you can invoke these aspects, right? So this is where your fate points come in. You have these three fate points to, to start with. And um, so let's say there is like a like a goon that you're fighting, right? But you see that he has a limp already because maybe he was in a fight earlier in the day and his leg is hurting. So he has the aspect hurt leg. So you would spend a fate point to basically invoke that aspect against him. And and when you spend that point, you're gonna get a plus two on your dice rolls. A majority of the bonuses in this game are all gonna be plus two. Um, but anyway, you burn that fate point, and you basically get a bonus there by taking advantage of that aspect. So basically, you can also sort of do things to, like, take advantage of certain uh, situations, or even, like, you just have to be, like, open-minded, like, um... So another example I gave is like flipping over a table, right? So the zone that you're in becomes fortified by a table. And then you would be able to keep getting plus twos on that. I don't know if I'm just going to have to <laughs> play and explain as we go along, but uh, basically aspects are not just for your characters. Aspects are going to be all over the game describing everything and it's a good idea to also like keep a scratch pad that way you can take a note on something that i that is described specifically as an aspect does anyone have any questions about that i don't think so all right uh so the last thing is stunts i believe Everyone should have started with a stunt. Does everyone does everyone have a stunt, or does anyone need to make one? I need to make one. Okay. Tell, tell me about them. Stunts are um, like a bonus, a plus two bonus that you apply to a very specific situation. So the way that they work is that basically on your character sheet, you write them out in this like constructed sentence. Um, that goes like because I have such and such thing or because or here's an example from the book uh, because I'm a smooth talker I get a plus two when I sneakily create advantages when I'm in a conversation with someone so uh, yeah it, it works basically like that it's like you have to be in this specific uh, situation circumstance whatever and uh, you it's it's kind of like how do i put it it's like the really good it's like the best thing your character can do got it okay okay so it, you just always have a bonus as long as you're in that specific circumstance and you don't have to spend fate points on it or anything now presumably this wasn't a one shot is uh we would get a cube we acquire more stunts over time basically yes you could definitely okay You right. can also, uh, you can kind of use your aspects for stunts as well. If you would like to, like, 
did just some fate points that for that, right? Well, I mean, like, uh, in constructing your stunt. So, like, let's say for the example of a person having a gambling problem, you could say that because I am a constant gambler, I get a plus two whenever I am sneakily trying to cheat at gambling or something like that. Oh, okay. You can just kind of, like, tie your different stuff in. together. Exactly. Okay. So, just to, to kind of verbally craft it out for, like, Imogen... Imogen Bradley is a, we'll say like, because of her imposing presence, she is very, do I just say she has like a plus two in convincing? Like I imagine like it's like, she's not the, I speak to your manager one. It's the, don't make me speak to your manager. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. And, and so in speaking into the, not the managers, there's a bonus there, but not necessarily speaking to the manager. If that, does that make sense? Yes. So I, I guess it'd be like because of Imogen's imposing presence, she gains a bonus. How do how do we how do I phrase that wordage? <laughs> so okay, uh, the, the other. Uh, sorry, go ahead, Ryan. Oh, I was gonna say so. Like you say the descriptor. So like because you are blank, you get a plus two when you and then there's like four different actions that we can take in the game uh and then so it, i guess for example so for me i put uh because quentin is a very nerdy crime family member uh i get a plus two when i cleverly create advantages when i've done research or have knowledge on my target i don't know if that helps but basically you'll have an approach and then an action and then when that takes place. You can also opt to switch the plus two for a once per session like nuke type of thing. Oh, like, like so, instant success? Yeah. So the example is because I am well connected, once per game session I can find a helpful ally in just the right place. Mm. So it's kind of like you're telling me what happens with your free uh, I one per session thing with your oh. stunt. Got it. Okay. Well, I definitely want to get the bonus then, and it's basically convincing underlings to do my bidding. So, yeah, because Imogen is striking and intimidating, she gains a bonus when convincing underlings to do her bidding. Nice. Uh, well, Ryan, you already said yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> one down. <laughs> I guess that's two down now. Yeah. You want to just repeat it real quick? Just yeah, for, just sure. Uh, Quinn Gold uh, is stunt is that because he's a nerdy crime family member, he gets a plus two uh, when he cleverly creates advantages uh, after doing research or having knowledge on the target. Perfect. All right. Uh, Jimmy. What I've got down is, is because I am a compulsive liar, I get a plus two to my to uh, clever when I am in a conversation and I am being dishonest. I think that one you need to kind of narrow it down a little bit. Um, if you're being dishonest, it, maybe to tie into your person doesn't like authorities, you get a plus two when you're lying to the police. 
<laughs> does, does that make sense? Yes. When I'm being punished to authorities. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, That's fixed. Talia. Perfect. Okay, so I'm not actually sure that mine, like, kind of fits a thing, but this was the idea that I had, which is because Talia has a mastery in crafting and using tools, she would get a plus two when there's a time crunch to do a tools-based task. I don't know if that's too specific or not. I think it's good. Yeah. So, plus two when you're using tools in a larceny type situation, right? Yeah. I yeah, yeah, that's all right. All right, uh Luca. Okay. So, we already discussed the approaches. So, we're going through stunts. Or I'm going through stunts. I'm I'm going with the. I have two stunts right now. I have I know a guy who knows a guy, which is uh, sometimes it's not who you know, but the people you know know. Many of your contacts are themselves very well connected. Plus two to contacts when you attempt to corroborate information you've gotten from another one of your. The other is uh, architecture of the heart, which is reading the room is triviality triviality to you. Even more, you can spot the emotional linchpins in a room and easily understand how actions would impact the mood. If you roll empathy to read a room, difficulty uh, mediocre plus zero, count how many shifts you occur over the course of the scene. You may ask the GM to tell you how many how people would react to any hypothetical situation. So for having two stunts, um, or were we supposed to just have one? Because I'll totally get rid of the architecture. Have, yeah, okay. you're supposed to just have one. But I will say there is an option where you can uh, basically burn a refresh, I believe, to get an extra stunt. But I can't do that until that time comes. Or you would just start with two. Honestly, oh. I would rather just you guys have one because okay. it's, a, it's a one-shot type thing, so... No worries, I know a guy who knows a guy is the one I'm going with. Alright. Just two refreshes, from context. Refreshes are for, like, stress and consequences? Refresh is actually how you're going to get fate points at the start of the session. Oh, okay. I see. Okay. Or after you long rest, essentially. Gotcha. Um... All right, so let's talk quickly about stress and consequences. Um, the basic way that you take stress is that whenever you are... Whenever you're facing a contested dice roll, essentially, most of the time it's going to be combat, but other things can happen too. Um, so basically you roll against each other most of the time. Or against me, really. And so let's say I rolled a four and you rolled a two. Uh, that means I got two shifts on you. Uh, so you can take care of that by ticking off these stress boxes. You can tick off the three and that would uh, get rid of two stress. 
but you'd be out of your three stress box. You can uh, tick off the two, and that would be perfectly even, take off the two uh, shifts, but you couldn't tick off the one because that only takes care of one stress. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. They're, they're like slots. You can you can take care of a smaller number of shifts with a larger box, but once you do that, it, it's gone. It's gone. Gotcha. Yep. And then when you have either all your stress boxes ticked off or you take a bucket of damage, essentially, then you start taking consequences. Um, so the, these are a little bit harder to heal because the stress goes away once you're basically out of the scene out of the uh, combat round essentially and then uh, consequences last like until you deal with them <laughs> basically in game go to the hospital or something like that take a long rest of some kind um, so it works the same way. They're they're labeled two, four, and six. Um, does everyone have those boxes? Because I know on real twenty, sometimes they don't they don't include all the right boxes. I think I you have, have a the one and a two and a three. It's on the left side. Oh, for the stress, yes. Sorry. Yeah, you got it. Well, for for consequences as well, right? Yeah, uh, no. consequences you have to add. Yeah, okay. I see. Add and modify. Mm-hmm. Okay. Add. Oh, okay, yeah. Add three of those. And I had to put like a placeholder in for some of them, um, so that way they stayed. Because if they were just blank, they would auto delete it. Do they? Okay. Yeah. All right. And you might have to change. It should be mild, moderate, and severe. So add three boxes. Yeah. There you go. And what are we filling in for the words here? Uh, just random letters right now. But eventually, so let's say you you do have to use this. Um, a, a mild consequence. The, these are all going to be kind of like an extra aspect or like a temporary aspect. So um, mild would be like cut arm. So that's not too bad. It's just it's bleeding, but it's definitely like a weak spot, right? Moderate is more like a broken leg. Can we just add those on demand then? Yeah, you could if you're taking it. Um, But also just to to explain how they work, like so moderate would be like a broken leg. And then when I when it's my turn to control the enemy, I know that you have this broken leg, so I'm going to invoke that for free. And I'm going to give myself a plus two because I'm kicking you in the leg. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Severe is like, yeah, you're probably going to die unless you get medical attention type of thing. Like bullet in stomach or something like that. So that's pretty bad. Um, If you have all these consequences and all your stress box full, you are taken out. But that doesn't mean that you die. Um, we all kind of decide together what's best for your character. So if you get taken out, you can go to the hospital, go back home, something like that. Um, or you can die. We, we can de- describe like a cinematic death for your character. It's it's 
it's up to the player and the GM what you want to do whenever these are all full. And then the other thing to keep in mind um, with combat specifically, you can always bow out. There are no um, opportunity attacks or anything like that. If you feel like your character is about to die, then you can run. <laughs> Running is always an option. Nice. I'll say that. <laughs> um, so that's the basic of it. I know there's still going to be more stuff to talk about, but we'll have to... I'm sure we can cover it as we play. Does anyone have like any questions in general about the whole thing? Nope. I don't think so. Alright, well, do we want to take a break and then try to start with session one, or is it getting too late? I think it's great to start.